whole world is under the control of the evil one. Um, it, all our modern culture, all the artists, all the actors, they're everybody, every one of them, they, this, is the, this is the interesting thing about those at the top of the echelon, the, at the top of the rung and all this, they know what they're doing. They know who they're worshipping. They know what it's all about. And what they're out to do is to deceive the masses. They're actually out to get your soul. They, they really don't want people to trust in Jesus and look to Jesus. And we've got to get aware of this because it's, um, it's, it's terrible just how, how bad it's getting and how many people are getting sucked away. Sure, appreciate a song or two, but you know what? Don't follow that. Don't follow that stuff. Because it's and, and, and look up to these people and try to look like them and be like them and act like them and all that sort of thing. Just be, you know, the way Jesus wants you to be. Because, you know, the, the lake of burning salt was not worth it. You know what I mean? Living a life like that and following that way and giving up Jesus, walking away from Jesus because you want to keep on doing that stuff and getting involved and you don't want to have that goody-goody Jesus in your life anymore who's cutting out your fun. That's really why most people give up Jesus, is because they don't want to have to give up having a good time sinning. You know, they want to do what everyone else is doing. Because it seems like that's where the fun's happening. And that's what happens in church. You get, you know, um, so many people can't worship Jesus in church, but they certainly can worship the, the world's bands. You know, they go to a, one, a Beyonce, they're, they're up the front, you know, when she says, hold your hands out towards me, they're up there doing it. They're worshipping Beyonce, they find that so easy, but they can't worship Jesus. So um, from time to time I want to show some of these because I, I, I really feel they're just going to open our eyes to what's going on. Um, and there's a lot of them. Like Joe Schimmel's done most of the artists um, and actors. Hollywood's War and God is another one he's done. There's some really good stuff I just want to sort of keep on revealing and just keep us, you know, mindful of all this stuff. I respect these men's ministries. If you've ever watched their ministries, Leonard Ravenhill, you must watch more of him, and David Wilkinson. Um, powerful men of God whose hearts are aflame for getting people in that right place with God before the day of judgment. Who believes that we're going to be judged? Who believes we're going to face God? You know, if you think you're not going to face God, you're kidding yourself. You know, every single person um, who's ever lived will have to stand before a holy God one day and give an account. And if we are found wanting, if we have been lured under, under this teaching that you just put up your hand and you're saved, and then you just live life like, you've all, like everyone else, and that's, you know, I've fallen for that. I've fallen for that. Has anyone else fallen for that mm -hmm. over the time? Mm -hmm. Who sort of still falls for it? We need to become righteous people. We need to start seeking God. We need to start devoting ourselves to God. You know what I mean? In your own lives, in your own place, you've got to find that place in God where He can do that kind of work in you. We just turn to Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1, verse 10. Everyone there? And it says this. It says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for someone's blood. Let's waylay some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us and we will share a common purse. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into sin. They are swift to shed blood 
How useless to spread a net in full view of all the birds. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They waylay only themselves. Such is the end of all who go after ill-gotten gain. And he takes away the lives of those who get it. So what Solomon's talking about, he's talking to his son or to those of us and saying, if someone's saying, come with me, let's go and, let's go and do this guy in and get money. But that can be, we can reference a lot of things that people come along and say, come along with me and do. And I want to talk about a, a few of those things. Because I don't think many of us have had the problem of having to, you know, getting called to go and hurt someone. I know no one's ever come to me and say, come with me, let's go and, you know, kill this guy and get money. So, obviously, that was a concern of the time. And there's probably, if you go to certain parts of Adelaide, there'll be places where you could go and teach that. And that would probably be worth uh, teaching to it. But I, I could see that if some, in the same sense, we're not to go along with friends enticing us to take drugs. You know, uh, our daughter just the other day was saying to me that a huge portion of her uh, friends at school and people that she knows at, at her school are falling into drugs, drug taking. And a huge amount of them get their drugs from their own parents, of all people. And the drug problem is escalating. And um, to the point, these are like year nine children. You know, what are the 14, 15 year olds? And they're already hooked on hard drugs. They've already gone from cigarettes to marijuana into the hard drugs. So this is a big problem in the world today. I remember a girl uh, I knew years ago, she uh, went to a private school and her parents said, well, I'm gonna send you to this all girls school, private school, they paid a fortune for her to go because they were concerned she's gonna get taken in with drugs and all that. She said there was more drugs at that school than at the high school she was going to. Because these were girls with lots of money and there was, there was a major drug problem in that school. But there's kids around, they'll try to entice you, they'll try to pull you in, they'll say, come over with me, let's smoke some pot. Or let's smoke a cigarette. You know? And then it starts there, doesn't it? Just the other day, um, uh, well, just last night we were talking about um, how a lot of the time, the fact that we have to buy marijuana off someone, it's always illegal to buy. So you go to these you know, dealers and stuff. It's usually most people are going to get marijuana. But then while they're at the dealer's house, they say, oh, I've got these. Why don't you try some of these? And they go home and they get a, a, a try them out and use them. And they get onto other party drugs. Mm -hmm. But the initial thing is marijuana. So what they found in countries where they've legalized marijuana, they don't have problems anywhere near like what they were having before because all the dealers are gone because they can't sell marijuana to anyone. And so people aren't going to them, they're getting marijuana in their local store. And um, so the drug problem and, and, uh, and uh, you know, crime has just dropped off significantly. So there is value in having marijuana legalized and controlled, you know. Um, but that's another story again. But I just found that quite fascinating. Mm. You shouldn't go along with heavy drinkers. Amen? Mm. You know, if you've got a group of friends and they just drink every weekend, they go out and drink, you know, should Christians go along with them? No, we shouldn't be going into those or, uh, circles and, and hanging around with people that drink a lot. We shouldn't be going along with thieves, people that steal. You know, you know how that starts? I remember I got, when I was about 13, 14, I got pulled into stealing. And I'm, I'm glad I had a real scare one day. But it all started with... A kid just took me into a supermarket. We walked around, we had no money. And he took me in there, and I must have been 12, and I wasn't a Christian growing up. And we went down the aisle, and I grabbed a Mars bar and slipped down my sock. Because he told me to do it. He said, oh, you just do this. And he did that. 
and I did it, and we walked out. And it, yeah, and then another guy, please don't do this. Right? this is what, but this is how it starts. And then another guy came along and said, to, um, took me into Myers, and he said, what you do is you go in and you put on a, um, take two pairs of jeans into the change rooms, put one on, then put your own jeans over them and walk out. So I did that, and I got away with a pair of $100 jeans. I was thinking, this is too easy. Um, and then one day I, I stole some, um, we broke into this warehouse, because it just gets worse and worse, they just get you along, and my kids probably don't know about these stories. Um, there you go. Uh, but oh, we broke into this warehouse, and you know when BMXs were big when you were a kid? You know, those BMXs. So I broke in with a few friends, it was about probably six of us, and I got all these um, mag, uh, not mags, what do you call them, the plastic BMX rims? I don't know, something they had a special name, like Mike Mags for a car. And we got, we got all these rims and, and we, we kept going back all weekend, because the shop was shut the whole weekend, just grabbing frames and all this sort of stuff, because we found all these boxes of BMX bikes out the back of the bike shop. And anyway, this particular day, I, we get there and, and I'm, I'm, it was the same weekend, and I'm, I'm running it, and I got, you get sort of uh, slacker and slacker with your hiding and everything, and so you're sort of just cruising in the open with these rims and stuff. And this guy goes, hey, what are you doing? Anyway, um, I hid behind a wall, and he's saying, you come out from there and stuff. And I panicked, and I just dropped the rims, and I ran. I got out of there. And anyway, I thought I got away with it. But one by one, all the kids that were involved in that got busted by the police. And they were ringing me saying, Rob, Rob, I've just done, you know, been, the police have just come and, you know, um, rocked up at my door and I'm like panicking like crazy. If my parents find out, I'm going to be dead meat. So I went in at about 11.30 at night and I told my parents what happened. And they couldn't believe it. They were in shock and, you know, how did you do this and all this sort of stuff. And I, I said, so the police are probably going to knock on the door. Guess what? They never did. Um, but the thing was, that scared me, right? And I'm glad that happened because who knows where it would have gone from there? Do you know what I mean? Because you, you just one thing after another. It starts with a, something very small, and it grows. Just like you start with cigarettes. I said to my son when he started high school, I said, "You watch the kids that smoke cigarettes. Stay away from them. Don't go and smoke with them." And all, uh, not all of them, but a good portion of them end up smoking marijuana and then a good portion of them end up taking harder drugs and it just goes along, along from there. Um, one thing that happens then is usually they drop out of school, usually they're the ones that just play computer games all the time and then they don't get a job and they don't start pulling their life together till they're about 28, 30. If that. We know guys our age that are still hooked on marijuana can't kick it. Still ruining their life. So we shouldn't go along with gamblers, should we? Should we? Gambling. Gambling's bad. We've seen firsthand how bad gambling is, what it did to our family. Um, it absolutely destroyed a marriage and destroyed a whole range of things around it. And if I had time, I would tell you a little bit about it. And gambling is bad. Don't ever go down that road because it's just as addictive as, you know, marijuana or heroin or anything like that. Um, and it's a sickness. Um, we shouldn't go along with the sexually perverted. Are we living in an age of sexually perverted? You know, look at Beyonce, what she's wearing. You know, it's all show off your body. And so all the girls are hung up with dressing so that people are attracted to them sexually. 
and I, I really don't like the idea of sending out our daughters, you know, looking like that, and uh, they know that, and and we shouldn't be letting our kids go out looking, you know, what years ago would be considered prostitutes. You know, I, I sat down in uh, Rundle Street, um, we used to meet there, Bill and I used to meet there and have a have a spaghetti together, and people used to walk, uh, girls would walk past, it's middle of winter, <clears throat> June, July, and they're wearing skimpy little dresses and skimpy little tops, all the guys are like rugged up, but the girls are wearing next to nothing. Who knows what I'm talking about? And they're walking up and down Highley Street. And why are they freezing for? Because they want to look sexually attractive. Do you know what? Most guys just think, oh, they're easy. That's all guys think. Actually, um, the most attractive ones are the ones that are fully clothed and just have a pretty face. And they speak to you nicely. And that's more attractive to a, a male that's actually worthy of getting your companionship. Do you know what I mean? Not this guy's interested in you because you look like you could go to bed really quickly. That's not what you want. You don't want a guy that wants that of you. So don't dress to attract the guy that wants that of you. Does that make sense? See, the youth are sucked in by Beyonce's and Kesha's and all these other ones that are out there. Look at me. Look at me. Look how sexy I am. And it's perverted. It's perverted. Don't go along with them. Or go along with those who hate God. Don't hang around with people that hate God. If they don't like God, you know, what are you doing with them? They're going to rub off on you. You know what I mean? You know, when you, when you spend time with those, you, you're supposed to be trying to win them to Christ. You know? You can hold friendships. We've got family members. I'm not saying do this to your family members. And I'm not saying cut off friendships that uh, aren't harmful. But if they're always preaching to you against your faith and they're always, you know, be very, very wary of people like that. Um, because it's important that we stay holy and true to God. God first. After that, everyone we should see from, from God's point of view and we should want to, um, you know, hang around people that are going to keep you strong in your faith and also people that you can reach for the faith. Amen? And don't hang around Christians that have got really shaky morals. Actually, the Bible warns that, to be very careful of Christians who don't do the right thing. You know, I remember a guy who, who was a shooter. Sorry if I'm going on a bit long, but I, 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 a guy who was a, I used to go out shooting, and he, one of the guys that he would go shooting with was a Christian fella. And they were all non-Christians. This guy's the Christian fella. And uh, he said what he saw him do on shooting trips, he totally lost respect in this guy as a Christian and as a person. He said he was doing things to animals that none of these guys even thought you could do and you shouldn't do. And that wasn't even entering their minds what he saw a Christian man doing to animals. And the way he spoke, the way he acted, the way he drank, the way he lived his life was worse than the guys that weren't Christian. I remember we went to a caravan park and uh, we, we happened to put a, car um, a, a tent, pitch a tent next to Christians and guess who were up all night drinking? The Christians. <laughs> couldn't sleep until about two in the morning because of all the ruckus coming from the Christian camp. We aren't to go along with the culture of this world. I mean, you just got to get discerning. You got to get discerning. What are you listening to? What is it doing to you? What is it changing inside? What is it making you become? 
We are going to be a separate people. Let's just have a quick look at that. 2 Corinthians 6.14. 2 Corinthians 6.14. And it says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? And what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? So it, you can really you can understand exactly what this is saying. For we are the temple of the living God. We are the temple. Of, are we the temple of the living God? Yes. The Bible says we are. So if you believe in Jesus, if you've been baptized in water and you've said, I accept you as my Lord, you are the temple of the living God. And now you've got to be very careful what you allow around the temple and in the temple. What you allow your eyes to see, what you allow your ears to hear, all those sorts of things. We have to be really careful, don't we, Vina? Now, I'm, I'm really, like, just recently I've had some wake-up calls in you know, stuff that you can watch on TV and, and, and we shouldn't be watching. And I started turning off stuff and, um, no, we can't watch that. It's so easy on TV. You just flick around the stations and before you know it, you know, you're on some island and there's naked people walking around the island. Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, what is it? Adam looking Adam. for Eve. Adam looking for Eve. Not that we've watched it. No, but you know what I mean because you just sort of go past. Adam looking for Eve. What's this? Because I always go info first. Adam. Oh, and they you don't want to watch them anyway because it's usually just get off that channel. But that's what you get if you search. So, um, you know, and I do it often. I just sit down because I'm, I'm like, yesterday I came home, I worked a, a big day and came home, and then I, with hardly any strength, you know, did my sermon and, and then packed all this up to be here. And, and I sat down, I said, Vina, I'm just exhausted. And I sat down on the TV and started flicking around. And, couldn't get much except for the wedding. Um, so, but anyway, that wasn't bad. But if I do that on uh, regularly, um, I'm starting to see, oh, I just can't do this because this is pretty bad. And it corrupts you. You just feel after it, you go, you go away from it, you feel corrupted, you know? So it's very important what we allow through our eyes and our ears. Uh, Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. That's verse 17. Touch no unclean thing. Now, I'm not saying this. The Bible's saying that don't touch any unclean thing. What does that mean? It's not just relating. It's not relating to food. Well, it is relating to food, but you know, we don't like touching unclean food, do we? If you see the youth by dates up in the bin, you know what I mean. But it's not talking about that unclean thing. It's talking about sinful things. Don't touch them. Don't go near sin. As best as you can, be very, very mindful of it. And if you're a husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Keep each other in check with that. You know? We've got to remind each other. No, we shouldn't be watching that. We should get off that. We shouldn't look at that. We should, you know, get away from all that stuff. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. So if you use an inference on that scripture, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you, you infer that. It says, if you touch unclean things, I won't receive you. All the Bible, you can really understand doctrine when you infer it. When you flip it the other way, what is the Lord saying? So, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. So that's the call. The call of the Christian. The call of the church. You know what the church's main priority is and what the church is actually put in place for? The reason why we're here 
is to help the people of the of people of God to become holy. To help them to walk a righteous life. That's that's my job. That's the job of the church. If we can keep the church holy, we can be effective for him because if you're kept holy, then the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you full time, which means there's power living in you. If the church's eyes are off that, if the church is just saying everyone's fine, you know, you're all accepted in Christ, la 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 la, you know, you can't lose your salvation, all that sort of thing, there's no fear of God. If you can't lose your salvation, is there any fear of. Why would you fear God? Why? But it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. The Bible says, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, I'll, I'll, you can ask the Father for anything and he'll give it to you. But if you don't remain, if you don't stay married to me, if you don't stay united to me, I'll pick you up, throw you into the fire, and you'll be burned. It's clear. Once saved, always saved. It's the biggest lie of the church that has actually destroyed the effectiveness of the church in the 20th and 21st century. And now we see a world that is on the decline, majorly on the decline, morally on the decline. It's now, you know, the potential of, of war and the threat of war in the Middle East at the moment is escalating. Things are going from bad to worse continuously. And we're seeing, you know, our role models are just corrupt. They know they serve Satan. They know, that they know who they're serving and they know what they're doing. They're corrupting these generations. And we need a move of God. Amen. The church must return to Christ with all their heart and live holy and righteous lives. Amen. Lord, we need you today. Lord, it's, um, to live a, a holy and righteous life in you is the greatest call upon the people of God. And Lord, it's in the scriptures that that's the kind of people you are desiring. It's just as he who called you is holy... So be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. And without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Your word declares it, Lord. So help your church to be righteous, holy, living a right life in you. And Lord, keep it from straying. Keep this church, particularly from going in the wrong direction. But help us, Lord, to live close to you and in sync with you always. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, bless this uh, time now of fellowship and also bless the rest of the weekend and cover and protect everybody here and all those that aren't here today. May your spirit be with them and may you just uh, uh, heal them of all the things that they're uh, struggling with right now. And I pray all this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.